Hello, people of Earth and Spotify and Anchor Podcast listeners. Welcome to this week's at-home midday movie madness. Virtual high fives to all the hardworking essential workers out there. Happy birthday today to Jason Mraz, Barbara Holly Barker, this year's best actress winner, Frances McDormand, Kim, Tim Boyce, Josh Whedon, Joel Egerton, Randy Jackson, Kat Tominay, the late country singer June Carter Cash, Selma Blair, tomorrow Steve McVee, Solomon, Christian Dottridge, Mindy Kaling, Beanie Felsing, and Solange Knowles have birthdays. It's also the release anniversary for 1994's The Lion King, which I literally just talked about for a flashback fun the other day, 1987 Spaceballs, the 2005 Bewitch movie, and the Mr. Robot TV show. Mazel tov to Haim and Diana Engelman. They celebrate four years of wedded bliss on June 25th. That day also happens to be the birthdays for Liz Zibar, the late singer George Michaels, actress Linda Cardinelli, Ricky Gervais, the late children's author Eric Kyle, who unfortunately passed away exactly a month ago, the late chef Anthony Bourdain's birthdays as well. It's also the debut day for 2004's The Notebook, 1982's Blade Runner, and The Thing, Sleepless in Seattle, and Hey, Mr. Wilson! That kid's a menace. That's right. Friday marks exactly 28 years since the family comedy Dennis the Menace, starring Mason Gamble, Walter Matthau, John Plowright, Leah Thompson, and Christopher Lloyd went from the comic book page, comic strip page, to the big screen. Suggested by Cassie Laughlin of Heinz, the film, written and co-produced by John Hughes, yes, folks, that John Hughes, centers on the misadventures of the titular five-year-old Dennis Mitchell, who wrecks havoc with on his next-door neighbor, George Wilson, with his dog, Ruff. When his parents go out of town, Dennis ends up staying with the Mitchells and drives Mr. Wilson crazy. But he's just trying to be helpful, even to the wandering thief who's arrived in town. It has a cameo appearance by Janine Russell, who was a member on the original TV show. Despite not being favored by critics, it was a huge commercial success, slingshotting away with $117.2 million. In 1998, Dennis the Menace strikes again, a direct-to-video sequel without any returning cast from the original film, was released. Another direct-to-video sequel titled Dennis the, Men- a Dennis the Menace Christmas was released in 2007 with different casts from both this film and the second film. I would like to wish my parents, Bob and Sarah Engelman, a very special happy early 40th wedding anniversary. Even though it's not till June 27th, and I will be there with you in Colorado. June 27th also happens to be my Aunt Anna Charles' birthday. Can't wait to see you soon. June 27th also happens to be Lisa Zinsia-Supka, Drake Bell, Singer Her, Fashion designer Vera Wang, 
J.J. Abrams, Helen Keller, Matthew Lillard, and Matthew Lewis, and Sam Claflin's birthdays too. Beast of the Southern Wild, Wally, the 2003 cult classic bad film The Room, Labyrinth, and 1973's Live and Let Die, along with 2014's Begin Again, were all released on June 27th in their respective years. Youch! With an 11.6 million debut, the hitman's wife's bodyguard took out a quiet place from the stateside box office throne, where it had been ruling very comfortably without fear of competition, much fear at least, since May 28th. The film, last week's only nationwide release, was a theater-exclusive release, a rare thing these days, since it opened Wednesday, the sequel to 2017's The Hitman's Bodyguard has collected $17 million. But with a nearly $70 million price tag, it will have to have a very long, successful run to make moolah. And that could be proof if F9 doesn't make it eat its dust first, which it probably will. Runner-up A Quiet Place wasn't that far behind with $9.4 million. After four weeks out, the sequel has made a strong 125 million domestic jump scares and an international haul of 96.7 million, bringing its global total to $221.9 million. In third place was Sony's family film, Peter Rabbit, to The Runaway, with 6.1 million cares in the second week, bringing its domestic total to 20.3. Warner Brothers had a mixed bag this weekend. In the Heights, director John M. Chu's adaptation of the hit Broadway play failed to sustain crowds in its second week, bumbling down to number six with only $4.3 million. It's only amassed $19.8 million on the big screen so far. Ouch. But in better news, Godzilla vs. Kong became the second COVID era release to hit the 100 million marker at the domestic box office. However, it took the Monster Mashup three months to reach that milestone. Overseas, it's taken 342 million for a global haul of 442 million. Congrats are in order for a couple of people. Las Vegas Raiders defensive and Carl Nassib came out as gay on Monday, becoming the first openly gay active NFL player in history. Good for him. Speaking of gay people, it was reported on the Today's Show Facebook page a few days ago that for the first time ever in its 51-year history, Sesame introduced their first family with two dads in their June 17th episode. Variety.com announced the Locano Film Festival will pay homage to gender, genre-bending U.S. director John Landis with its Pardo d'Orno Manor Lifetime Achievement Award. The Blues Brothers and American Werewolf in London director will be presented with the award on the last day of the August Festival's 74th outing. It will be presented to him at the festival's Forum Talk venue, before he joins an audience-based panel discussion. Landis's career spans a range of genres, although comedy is a very common thread. 
from the irrelevant biting satire of National Lampoon and Saturday Night Live via the cult movies that brought him a true status in the, 19, in the 80s and 90s, such as Blues Brothers and An American Werewolf in London, the festival said in a statement. Eonline.com reported Monday, almost one year after, I mean, almost one month after Below Deck sailing yacht, stewardess Danny Soares welcomed daughter Lily, another season two stewardess, revealed that she's expecting. On Monday, June 21st, Australian yachty Ali Dore revealed she is pregnant and expecting her first child with boyfriend Benny Thompson. Nick Cannon is about to be a father, yet again. People.com announced June 20th, model Alyssa Scott's Father's Day post on Sunday seemingly confirmed that she's expecting a baby boy with Cannon. This would be his seventh child and his fourth baby in a year. While Cannon's face cannot be seen completely in the image, the man's tattoos are noticeably consistent. He appears shirtless in the maternity shoot photo with Scott, holding her baby bump. Celebrating you today, she wrote to Cannon, posting the photo of her on her Instagram story. She noticed in the comments that she was 34 weeks along in her pregnancy. In another post from last week, she said she was in the final days of her pregnancy with what will be her second child. The news come about the Nickelodeon alum comes just days after he welcomed t- twin sons, Zion Mixidian and Zillion Air with Abby De La Rosa on Monday, June 14th. He previously welcomed daughter Powerful Queen in December with Brittany Bell, with whom he shares four-year-old son Golden Sagan. He also co-parents 10-year-old twins of son Moroccan and daughter Monroe with ex-wife Mariah Carey, 51, with, to whom he was married from 2008 to 2016. Congrats to Rachel Zegler, the West Side Story breakout, who will be playing Maria in this December's reimagining has won the coveted role of Snow White in the live-action adaptation of Disney's very first animated hit. Congrats to all. But there was a shocking news from eonline.com June 21st. Actor James Michael Tyler is opening up, up against his years-long health battle for the first time. In an interview with today's Craig Melvin, Tyler, who played Jennifer Anderson's coffee shop manager, Gunther, on Friends, shared that he was diagnosed with advanced prostate cancer in September 2018 after a routine physical. Prior to sharing the news publicly, Tyler appeared in a, via Zoom during the Friends reunion, which aired in late May. It was the most memorable 10 years of my life, honestly, he said of the show. I could not have imagined just a better experience. All these guys were fantastic and just a joy to work with. It felt very, very special. Burning box office rubber this weekend is F9. Starring the towns of Vin Diesel, Tyrese Gibson, Charlie Theron, Joe Roth, John Cena, Finn Cole, Michelle Rodriguez, Clayton Townsend, Justin Lin, Jordana Brewster, Ludacris, Cardi B, Michael Rooker, Sun Kang, and Nathalie Emanuel. 
and Helen Mirren. After a year of delays, and just days after the 20th anniversary of the original Fast and Furious film, the newest installment in the Fast Saga finally opens in theaters. After the end of 2017's The Fate of the Furious, Dom Toretto is, a, is leading a quiet life off the map with Letty and his son, Brian. His life is perfect, but they know danger always lurks over the horizon. When it does strike, this time, a horrendous threat will force Dom to face his past if he's going to save those he cherishes most. His crew is reunited to stop a world-shattering plan led by the most high-performance driver and skilled assassin they've ever met, they've ever dealt with. Dom's estranged brother, Jacob, who is allied with Cypher to get revenge. This happens to be the very longest Fast and Furious film to be released yet. At 145 minutes, that's 2 hours and 25 minutes. This record was previously held by 2015's Furious 7 and 2019's Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Both of these films ran for exactly 137 minutes or 2 hours and 17 minutes apiece. John Cena and Michael Rooker also appear in DC's The Suicide Squad, which will be released in August, and it and its official trailer officially dropped today. Action star Liam Neeson is also out with a new action film, but on Netflix June 25th, the disaster action thriller The Ice Road, also starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jonathan Hensley, Marcus Thomas, and Holt McCallany, after an isolated diamond mine collapses in the far northern Canada. A big rig ice road driver must lead an improbable rescue journey over a frozen ice ocean to free the trapped miners. Coming to Netflix tomorrow is the English dub of the Japanese anime Godzilla Singular Point. Set in 2030, the show follows two different people in different locations. Engineer Yun... Akiwara, who has trouble interacting with people, and grad student May, who's studying imaginary creatures, whose lives change when they both hear the same mysterious song. The two of them must lead the fight against an unimaginable force that may spell doom for the entire world. Godzilla. Out in limited release in theaters, June 25th and on video on demand July 2nd is the horror comedy Werewolves Within based on the video game of the same name starring the talents of Sam Richardson, Sarah Burns, Miana Vanitarub, George Basil, and Rebecca Henderson. A proposed gas pipeline has created divisions in the small town of Beaverville while the mysterious creature some residents claim werewolves plague the town with attacks. When a snowstorm traps the residents in a local inn, newly arrived forest ranger Finn and the postal worker Sicily try to keep the peace while trying to uncover the truth behind the mysterious creature's attacks. 
Yesterday, the world learned the title of next summer's seventh Transformers movie, Transformers Rise of the Beast, taking place in Brooklyn and New York and Machu Picchu, Peru in 1994. The film, based on the Beast Wars cartoon series, opens in exactly one year and one day on June 24th, 2022. It will see the cinematic debut of fan faves, the Predacons and the Maximals. Holy Batarangs, Batman. The very first Batman film turns a fantastic 32 years old today. The Tim Burton Helm film starred the talents of Michael Keaton, who's currently reprising his role as Bruce Wayne slash Batman for the Flash solo movie, Kim Basinger, Jack Nicholson, Jack Palance, Billy Dee Williams, and Michael Goh. It was the first installment of Warner Brothers' original Batman film series. It takes place early in the Dark Knight's war on crime and his fierce battle with the insane foe, the Joker. It made over $400 million in the box office, which was the fifth highest grossing film in history at the time. It won the Oscar for Best Art Direction and Set Direction, the very first Batman film to win an Oscar. It was followed by Batman Forever. In 1995, the late Joel Schumacher directed Batman Forever with Val Kilmer stepping in as Batman. Schumacher also directed the 1997 sequel Batman and Robin, which starred George Clooney as Batman. Unfortunately, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, more like Batman and Robin, were poorly received by critics and fans. The less said about Batman and Robin, which practically destroyed the Batman film franchise until Christopher Nolan saved it, uh, the better. Eh, eh, bat dimples. Excuse me, I have something in my throat. Speaking of Batman, now on on DVD is his newest animated direct-to-DVD video film, Batman The Long Halloween Part 1. The sequel, Batman The Long Halloween Part 2, will be on digital download July 27th and on DVD and Blu-ray August 10th. Based on the DC Comics storyline of the same name, it stars the talents of Jensen Ackles, Naya Rivera in her final film role, Josh Dumal, Jack Quaid, Troy Breaker, Titus Welliver, and Billy Burke. It begins when a brutal Halloween murder prompts Gotham's young vigilante Batman to form a, a pact with District Attorney Harvey Dent and Police Captain James Gordon, the only two uncorrupt cops in the city, in order I mean, to take down the Roman, the head of the powerful Falcone family. But when another, more deaths happen on Thanksgiving and Christmas, it becomes apparent they're dealing with a serial killer whose identity becomes harder and harder to uncover. Did you know that Naya Rivera recorded her dialogue as Catwoman before her tragic drowning death in July 2020? This isn't the first time that Jensen Ackles will be lending his voice to a Batman story. He voiced Jason Todd, a.k.a. the Red Hood, in 2010's Batman Under the Red Hood. Big news, Scarlett Johansson fans. 
But Black Widow doesn't open for two weeks, and rumors are swirling that her time in the MCU is at an end. She's not leaving Disney Pictures, Walt Disney Pictures, anytime soon. The Playlist.com announced today the actress will produce and star in a major motion picture based on the Tower of Terror former Disney theme park ride. The website said Tower of Terror is a horror-like ride inspired by the world of Rod Serling's iconic Twilight Zone series that features a controlled elevator drop in a 1930s Hollywood hotel, a period setting that would certainly make the film visually striking. Tower of Terror was previously turned into a TV movie back in 1997 that starred Police Academy Steve Godenberg and future Spider-Man star Kirsten Dunst. Debuting this Friday is Disney's original series, The Mystery Adventure series, The Mysterious Benedict Cumberbatch Society, starring Tony Hale, Christian Shaw, and Ryan Hurst. The eight-episode series, based on Trenton Lee's YA book series, centers on four orphans, each with a unique talent, who are summoned to a boarding school called the Institute by an incentive benefactor who wants them to stop a plot that could have global consequences. Now out on DVD is the action thriller black comedy, Nobody. The March 26th release, which made $61 million, stars the towns of Bob Oldenkirk, RCA, Connie Nielsen, Michael Ironside, and Christopher Lloyd. After being attacked in his home by robbers and not doing a dang thing, Hutch, an apparently ordinary man with a hidden past from his, that he keeps separate from his family, protects a young woman by beating her thug attacker's senses, only to find himself a target of a vengeful drug lord. Did you know that Christopher Lloyd and Bob Odenkirk share the same birthday of October 22nd? Speaking of IndieWire, nobody announced June 20th. It hasn't been greenlit for a sequel, but that hasn't stopped Derek Kolstad from beginning to work on a potential follow-up. Ian Nashuler, who directed Nobody, told Joe Blow in a recent interview that Kolstad, who served as screenwriter on the original film, is kicking around the ideas for a sequel. There's plenty of stories that can be told in this world with the character Hutch. I know that Derek Kolstad, who wrote Nobody, has begun work on the sequel, Nyshuler told Joblo. There's been no official word on a Nobody sequel, but the film's fans have been reason to be optimistic, given the original film's critical and commercial success. That's all for this week, folks. See you soon. Bye.